0: gospel is Christ. The gospel is Christ-centered. The gospel is Christ-focused. The gospel is everything about Christ and nothing of man. God did not call anybody to preach against sin. God called us to preach the gospel. The gospel is that powerful that it is not scared of sin. The gospel has enough power to cause a prostitute to become an evangelist, to cause a prostitute to become a prophetess, to cause an armed robber, one that is given to drugs, addicted to drugs and all kinds of vices. And when that gospel hits them, oh my goodness, that gospel is able to produce righteousness. The gospel empowers God to enforce salvation in the heart of man. to the Dasco moment, we are still on our series, The Concept of Christianity. And we've come a long way. This is going to be the fifth video of our topic, The Concept of Christianity. We've covered at length to know what Christianity actually entails. What, what is Christianity? I remember in one of the videos, we said Christianity is a message. It's not... A religion, it's a message, Christianity is a message that is from God, and we we'll looked look at that from Romans, the book of Romans, chapter number one, where Paul says that, uh, let's read Romans chapter number one, verse one, alright, so Paul is servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised for by his prophet in the holy scriptures, concerning his son. Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. So we said the gospel of Jesus Christ was promised afore; it was promised, it was even promised before Jesus himself was born. And then he says that gospel is the gospel of God, alright? And the gospel of God is the gospel that concerns the Son of God. And he says that he was made the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And so we we, we saw that the, the gospel is everything that Christianity preaches. All right. If it is not the gospel, it is not Christianity. And we have come to also know that the gospel is in the facts that concerns Jesus, which is his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And everything that those three events gave to us, that is what Christianity is founded upon. Alright, so Christianity is not founded on dreams or visions and stuff like that, it is founded on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Alright, and then we, we looked in our previous video, we tr- we had a travel through the Old Testament and then we, through the scriptures to prove that all the Old Testament scriptures actually spoke concerning Christ, alright? So I, I remember we looked at Luke chapter 24, we looked at John chapter 5, verse 39, and other scriptures that concern the subject. Jesus says that, uh, check the scriptures, and then you think you have eternal life. That is John 5:39. You think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. So Jesus says, The scriptures testify of me. And then Luke chapter 24, when Jesus had been raised from the dead, the Bible says that he taught them the scriptures and opened their understanding concerning the scriptures about his resurrection. That all the prophet from Moses, every one of them spoke concerning his resurrection. You understand? So the scriptures, as we say is crystal centric or the scriptures are crystal centric the scriptures concerns christ if you take christ out of the scriptures you have nothing but just a mere religious book now today we are going to have a wonderful study but let us look at act chapter 13. i'm going to take you to act chapter 13. all right Verse 32, after the 13, verse 32 downwards. And we declare unto you glad tidings. So we declare unto you the gospel, we declare unto you glad tidings. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God had fulfilled the same unto us. The actual, all right, we're going to look at that. If that he had raised up Jesus again, okay, as it is written, it is also written in the second psalm. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that, he raised him up from the dead. Now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore, he said, also in another psalm, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had set his own generation, by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption but he whom God raised again saw no corruption now verse 38 be it known unto you therefore men and brethren that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not have been justified by the law of Moses now this is very very important he he tells us what Christianity is about in this. Now, that from from the verse thirty-two, he affirms that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. You see, I keep on telling you that you cannot take that portion out of the gospel. The gospel is merely founded. Our faith is founded on the fact that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. You see, so if anybody actually wants to debunk Christianity and show that Christianity, if, if I will stop being a Christian, if we ever get a credible source that Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead. Because that is what the faith of Christianity is founded upon. But guess what? Jesus was truly raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead. And that is what substantiates the gospel of Christ. That is what we the gospel is is what we call the resurrection of Christ all right so he says Jesus was raised from the dead then he says that um, how that let us return to says, and we declare unto you glad tidings how that the promise which was made unto the fathers God had fulfilled now what was the promise that God made unto the fathers for example when you read Genesis chapter 26 Let me show you something, Genesis 26, Genesis 26, verse um, 4, verse 4, alright, let's do verse 2, downwards, and the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, alright, so this, let's read verse 1, and there was famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the philistine unto together And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries. Hallelujah. And I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham thy father. All right, now you can find that from Genesis 15, when God spoke to Abraham, 15 verse 18, God says, in the same, uh, the Bible says, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying unto thy seed, have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the Euphrates? Now, let's continue, verse four, and I'll make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed now that is Genesis, Genesis chapter 26 verse 4 all right so he says in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed that was a promise that god gave to the fathers now so he says that god has fulfilled that promise god has fulfilled the promises that god gave to the fathers now when when the writer says fathers here The audience, the people he was talking to were Jews. So they understood what it means. The Jewish fathers had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These are the fathers of the Jews. So
1: Paul says that the promise that God gave, the promise that God gave, he has fulfilled them to us. The promise that God gave to the fathers,
0: he has fulfilled them to us, his children. And how was that fulfilled? Let's look at it. That so, in this way, the promise was fulfilled. So, in that he had raised up Jesus again. So, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know, so when God promised Abraham, In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. What is he talking about? He was talking about the blessings of the resurrection of Christ. So, Christ, God actually preached Christ today. So when God was telling them that in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, he was not actually referring to the seed of Abraham having money to give to people. That is not the blessing God was talking about. The blessing here is that in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, the resurrection will be a blessing to everybody. Are you understanding that? So he says that and as it is written in the 2nd Psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So he says, And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, no more to return unto corruption. So Jesus will not die again. So he says, let's, let's jump quickly to verse 38. Alright? So he says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you, the forgiveness of sins through jesus through jesus is preached the forgiveness of sins you know what that means it means that apart from jesus there is no avenue by which the sins of men can be forgiven you must understand that forgiveness god prepared jesus to die and by his resurrection offers forgiveness to the world and it is in this that we are blessed this is what Christianity talks about Christianity talks about the fact that there is forgiveness in Christ irrespective of that which you have done if you can put your faith in Christ your sins will be forgiven so he says that and by him all that hope of oh my goodness. I'm going to talk about this, alright? And this is going to be the end. The next video is going to be the end. I'm going to talk about this. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things. They are justified from all things. I wish I had a little time for this. Alright, then it says, Which, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses so what is christianity here christianity is number one jesus died being buried being raised from the dead and as a result of this event man can now receive forgiveness and number two be justified all right so these are the two uh pillars in christianity forgiveness and justification the two are not the same now let's look at what forgiveness is what is forgiveness understand what christianity preaches if you get it boy you're going to enjoy this life what is forgiveness all right let me take you through to understand the word forgiveness now the word forgiveness is from the greek word aphesis aphesis is spelled as a p h e s i s that is aphesis now it means that, from the day's definition, it means to release from bondage or imprisonment. Oh my goodness, understand it! It means to release
1: from bondage or imprisonment. Listen. So, what does that mean? It
0: means sin is bondage. Sin is prison. It will only take forgiveness. It will only take forgiveness to bring. It will only take forgiveness, to bring freedom to the man that had been held captive in chains. So, aphasis means to release from bondage. Actually, when we read, let's
1: go to chapter 10. Hi, I want to specially introduce you to this masterpiece, a book written by our dear man of God, Reverend Samuel Palmesasu. Also known as Minister Higher Life, titled This Jesus. This book unveils in accuracy the identity of the God man Jesus. The truths carefully hewn from God's words concerning Jesus will enlighten the believer and cause him to rest in the surety of Jesus being the Savior of his life. Who is Jesus? His name is mentioned in all circles of life, yet without accurate knowledge of who he is. Knowing Jesus, his death, burial and resurrection sets one for the christian life this book can be used for bible study in all christian groups in campuses youth groups and many more dare to grab a copy of the Shepherd stuff kindly call these numbers to order for a copy now plus 233 2085 or plus 233 32706 God bless you.
0: Act chapter number 10 verse 43. Alright. Alright, 43. But before we do 43, let's do 39. Oh my God. Okay, let's do 38. Alright. Oh, let's do somewhere way. 30 something alright let's do 36 so 36 so this is Peter Peter went to the house of Cornelius to preach the gospel now the word verse 36 the word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ he is Lord of all that word I say you know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for god was with him first 39 and we are witnesses and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the jews and in jerusalem whom they slew and hanged on a tree him god raised up the third day and showed him openly hallelujah not to all the people but unto witnesses chosen of god even to ask who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead all right and he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of god to be the judge of quick and dead to him that means to jesus give all the prophet witness Through, that through his name, whosoever believed in him shall receive remission of sins. The word remission is aphasis. Shall receive forgiveness of sins. So, when a man believes in the name of Jesus, that person receives forgiveness of sins. Now, this is very, very important. Now, the word um, aphasis here is rendered in in the noun, all right? It's it's the part of speech is, it's it's a noun And what is a now? A name of a pressing animal place or a thing. I don't know if they've changed it, but that is what I learned back in primary school. and now is a name of, a, of a, is a now is a name of a pressing animal place or a thing. Alright, so forgiveness is a thing that we receive when we become born again. So Christianity is not just we marching to church, you know, we dressing up on Saturday or on Sunday or Monday. Whatever throng him to church. No, Christianity is this: when a man believes in Jesus, the one that died and was buried and was raised on the third day, that person receives forgiveness of sins. He received offices. That forgiveness is a gift. Alright, okay, let's 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 get somewhere else. Let's get it's getting interesting. Let's get to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number one. All right. Ephesians chapter one, okay, verse seven. In Christ, in whom we have redemption through His blood. In Him, all right. In whom, sorry, we have redemption through His blood. Then he says, the the redemption is the forgiveness of sins. So in Christ we have. Listen, he didn't say in Christ we are forgiven. All right. In Christ, we are forgiven. We are forgiven of all our sins, number one. And then on top of that, we are given or we have. We possess, hallelujah, we possess the forgiveness of sins. He says that according to the riches of His grace. So in Christ, we have. We are not just forgiven. You see, this is something that a Muslim cannot tell you. He can't tell you that I have forgiveness. No, no, because even in the Quran, Allah asked Muhammad to go pray for his own sins and the sins of the people. Alright. So, in in Christianity, when a man believes in Jesus, first of all, he receives, he receives God's forgiving of his sin. And number two, he received the gift of forgiveness. He received the gift of forgiveness. You know, a lot of Christians are sin conscious, and that's wrong. Sin consciousness—that's wrong. Because in, when you become born again, you receive God hands over to you a package in salvation that is called forgiveness of sins. Now, that same verse
1: could be found in Colossians, Colossians chapter number one, verse fourteen. It says, "In whom we have that we have
0: redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins." All right, now let's go to Hebrews chapter nine. Hebrews chapter number nine. This is beautiful. Very,
1: very beautiful. Neither by the blood of gold, Hebrew chapter 12, verse 9
0: 12, neither by the blood of goats and cows, I'll come to that, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. For us, you read first Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers. All right, now this is very, very critical. But 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. But was manifest in these last times for you. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God? Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, so the point is this when you believe in Christ, there is that, there is that release from the prison of sin. See, all that the religions of the world can do is to is to uh, i call it a decorated mess you get to decorate a mess okay the thing is fault but you paint it beautifully but inwardly the whole thing is fault the problem of man does not require painting it does not require renovation the problem of man requires newness of life and you see that cannot happen as long as man is held up in chains. You know what the, what the religions of the world do is this. All right, so stop sinning. Be a good man. Do a, do nice things. Be this, be that, do this, be here. Go there. Pray five times a day. Go to Mecca. Go to this place. Do this. Give alms. Pray along, Fast a do this dress nicely, the, uh, the things that pertain to a man, a woman shouldn't wear, the things that pertain to a woman, a man shouldn't wear. Don't paint your face if you put on makeup. I met somebody, the person says makeup is from the marine world, the world. But when you buy it, you just find made in China or made in Germany. All right, but you see, that is not what Christianity preaches. Listen, Christianity does not decorate the sinful man, he, he God, through Christ, offers salvation. By the resurrection what does that mean he offers uh, forgiveness in salvation so man is now released is granted bail is granted release from the prison of sin understand this when a man is locked up in a cell you can give the man food to eat you can tell the man to go and bath if the man can go and bath the man can do everything but still the person is locked up in jail You understand? So the person doesn't have freedom. In Christianity, this is a concept. God comes down to die for man. And man with man can believe that this God was raised from the dead. That same man that was held up in the precinct of sin is granted forgiveness. Oh my goodness. See, aphasis, forgiveness is in threefold. I'm going to explain that. Number one is to pardon. Is to pardon, is to forgive, is to pardon. I mean, you say okay, you did this, you did this, you did that, but on the legal grounds of the death of Christ, your sin is quashed, your sin is deleted. So that is forgiveness. So you you get a pardon for your sin. What does that mean? Let's take for example, uh, does this brother or does this sister? Who has committed 25 abortions? On the normal stance, this does not even qualify to pray to God because He's so unkept, so unclean, so filthy. But forgiveness is God saying that all that you have done, I don't count it against you. You are forgiving, it does not hold. Somebody's asking, does God do that? He does not he does that in Christ Jesus. So it means that your past will not have a legal ground on you to hold you. So the first thing is that your sin is washed your sin is 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 uh, is clear from the way. you are no more uh, you are no more traced to your sin so that is forgiveness so number one is a pardon number two is a release from the prison of sin so number one he says okay everything you have done is forgiven you come to zero then the next point in forgiveness is that now he releases you from sin. He releases, he empowers you to, to, to leave the place called sin. He he picks you out. So he gets you out of sin. He gets you out of sin. And then thirdly, he now empowers you to live above sin. These are the three dimensions of forgiveness. One, pardon. Two, a release from the prison of, of sin. And three, an empowerment to stay, to stay where God placed you. You understand? So some people say, when you preach grace, people go and, people go and they want to see more. Anybody who who, who understands grace that way, maybe the preacher was not mature in preaching grace or he was not born again in the first place. First, you get a pardon. Secondly, you get a release. And thirdly, you get an empowerment to live above sin. So the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What does that mean? Grace empowers you to have the force to live beyond the ability of sin. So you see, in Christ, we have forgiveness of sins. What does that mean? We have a pardon. After we have the pardon, we have a release from sin. Muhammad don't release from sin. Buddha don't release from sin. All these people, they don't release from sin. But Jesus Christ... Pulls men out of sin, deliverance from sin, and an empowerment to overcome sin, an empowerment not to reside in sin. These are the three dimensions of forgiveness. Now let's read
1: something. Hello, precious ones. Allow me to introduce to you an amazing book titled The Aggressive Soul Winner. This is a timely book to inspire you to be a fervent soul winner so winning as the very wheel on which the expansion of christianity runs is done with a certain level of contagious fervency, and that is just what this material offers in studying this book the lame will walk the walking will run as chariots, and the running will be caught up by the spirit to do much more kindly pre-order for the limited copies available to order call plus 233 039 Two zero eight five or plus two three three five five seven seven three two seven zero six. God richly bless you.
0: Let's read something. Let's go to Romans. The book of Romans, very wonderful book, great, 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 great book. All right. So we are still talking about forgiveness. It says. What shall we say then that Abraham our father has to the flesh and found? For if Abraham were justified by words, he had whereof to glory, but not before God. We we'll read this scripture again. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David, even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, saying, "Blessed are ye, or blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin." This is the blessing. That we're talking about. In, in, in the city of Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So he says, Blessed is the man. The man that received this is blessed. Blessed is the man upon whom the Lord will not count his sin against. That man is a blessed man. And do you know how you, you become a blessed man? By believing in Jesus. When you believe in Jesus, your sins are washed. What, read something from Revelation. Revelation chapter number 1, verse 5. He says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of, of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed our sins, or washed us from our sins, in his own blood. He, he washed us our sins. He washed us. He washed us from our sins. So you know what? Our sins are washed in His blood. When you believe in Jesus, this is what forgiveness is. You know, for example, how many of you know what it means to wash? You get that cloth dirty. That shirt is dirty. And then you put a detergent upon it. You put a detergent upon it. Then you, you put it in in the bowl, or you put in the washing machine, and then you begin to wash it. By the time the washing is done, all those things are gone. So the blood of Jesus is uh, is the detergent for the cleansing of sin. When you read 1-7 of 1 John, something beautiful, He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. The blood of Jesus Christ, the son of God, washes us from all sins. As long as Jesus Christ's blood remains powerful, every day we are washed. When you read Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter number 12, let's read. From 22, but he hath come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven, and to God the Judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Alright, now, the word sprinkling is rantismus. Raptismus, it means to cascade, to wash. You know, the thing is, like a waterfall, alright, a waterfall. You stand under the waterfall and then the water cascades on you and you're cleansed of every debt. So there is a song, it says, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sin is not washed away by religion. Sin is not washed away by doing good. Sin is not washed away by following
1: certain protocols. Sin is washed away or sins are washed
0: away by the powerful blood of Jesus. What does that mean? There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. So, in Christ is the preaching of forgiveness. people let me take you to... Let me take you to the book of Acts. Let's run to the book of Acts. Something beautiful. Acts chapter number five. All right, verse thirty. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hand on a tree. Him have God exalted with His right hand. Oh, glory to God! Hallelujah! This is wonderful. He who has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince, to be a prince and a savior. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. God has exalted Jesus Christ,
1: number one, to be a prince. The word prince there is archivos. Akegos comes from the word
0: ake, ake. means source. All right, so akegos, it means to, to be a leader, to be the source, to be the chief leader. So he says, he has exalted with his writing to be a prince and a savior, to give repentance, change of mind to Israel, and forgiveness of sins. He, he gives, Jesus gives, Jesus gives all right let's let, let me show you something for to give for to didomi the word give is a Greek word dido didomi is d i d o m i it means to to hand over something to someone like i'll give you my purse i give you my phone i give you my my my, my shoe i give you my watch something that is giving to you to use so it's it, it means that And and, and it also means to bestow a gift. Alright? To bestow a gift. So, forgiveness is a gift that only Jesus Christ gives. Why? Because it is he who has been exalted by the right hand of God. It means Jesus is the only one that has the legal power and the legal right to give or to call the sins of men. Invalid. So until you believe in Jesus, your sins cannot be forgiven. You can cry about it, you can shout about it, you can scream about it, but that will not work until you come to the cascading blood of Jesus. It will fall upon you and it will wash you white. You know, there are people who carry guilt, there are people who carry guilt, there are people who carry condemnation. their head why because we have no hope but today there is hope in Christ Jesus and that hope is this When, when you believe in Jesus your sins are absolutely forgiven oh oh God said something let's look at it from the from the book of Hebrews Hebrews chapter number 10 Hebrews chapter 10 oh my goodness my goodness my goodness Oh my goodness, I wish my time is not here now. Alright, let's look at this. He says, um, wow. I don't know where to even
1: start from. All right, all right, all right. Okay.
0: Can I do the whole chapter? Let's look at it. Because every place is nice. For the Lord having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices. Which they offered year by year continually make the there thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, talking about Jesus, he said, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but the body has now prepared me. Oh my goodness. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, "Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. About when he said... Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither had pleasure therein, which are offered by the Lord. Then said he, Lo, Jesus is, I come to do thy will. Oh God, he taken away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will? So, the will that Jesus came to do, by that will, we are sanctified. The word sanctified means we are rendered holy. We are rendered clean. We are separated from the world and from sin. Who? Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Once for all. I wish I had time for this. We are sanctified once for all. Not to. It's, it's once for all. Now the word is once for all. Have that in mind. Alright. The, the, the word once there. The word once there is. A for it, it means a one-time event that has, that has effectiveness throughout eternity. So he says that, listen, by the which we, by the will that Jesus came to do, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus. Understand this, when Jesus offered up his body, our eternal sanctification was in the mind of justice. Was in the mind of God, so Jesus did not just die for Himself. This is what priest is about. Jesus died for our once-for-all sanctification. It's a one-time thing that has perpetual validity. So, understanding that verse, the next verse he says that, and every priest, started daily, ministering and offering, uh, and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, talking about my Jesus, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, who, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting to his enemies we made his fools too. Verse 14, very, very important. For by one offering, for the offering, for by one offering, the offering of Jesus is, for by one offering he hath perfected Ooh, glory in god he had perfected forever forever He has. a lot of christians don't even know this we are perfected forever it means we are brought unto completion it means that we are brought home it means we are not journeying away to be perfected you understand the perfection here refers to forgiveness the perfection of forgiveness all right so in 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 the offering of the body of christ we are perfected in forgiveness we are perfected forever oh wow for by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified so if you are sanctified then you have been perfected forever What does that mean? At first you need goat, at first you need bulls, you need calves, you need the ashes of an ava to be sprinkled upon you before you are rendered forgiven. But even that, the word of God tells us in the New Testament, it did no good. But by the offering of the body of Christ, once for all time, we have been perfected forever. This is what Christianity is about. It's not about he battered my bread, he sugared my cocoa. So so what did Jesus to do? Jesus don't do that wonders. It's not about your marriage. I want to bless God today. I was praying for a man, and God gave me a tall man, a big chested man, a big man. Oh my god, thank God for a rich man. I'm married to a rich man. That is not the blessing of God. Listen, the gospel says that when you believe in Jesus Christ, you are perfected forever. The matter of sin. Is dealt with once and for all it means that you are no more traceable to sin. now we're going to continue this but let me take you to chapter 9 Hebrews chapter 9 I'm not going to read everything but let me oh glory, glory 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 let me start from alright verse 20 something which is um, oh this is this is wonderful 24 for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands wow. which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself now to appear before the presence of god for us now oh sorry verse 25 not yet that he should offer himself often so jesus doesn't need to offer himself often and often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of Adam you know what that I means? Every year, the high, place in the, Old, the, the high priest in the Old Testament would have to go to the Holy of Holies and be offering for the sins of the people. He says, Jesus doesn't need to do that. Why? Then he says, uh, verse 26, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, look at that. Look at that, verse 26. But now, oh my goodness. All oh glory, all oh glory. But now, woo hoo Once in the end of the world have he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. By the sacrifice of of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment... You know, people use this scripture to preach all kinds of things. No, the man of God comes, and says. The Bible says it is appointed unto man to die once. After that judgment. My brothers and sisters, what you are doing today Know that you will die. When you die, that's not what this scripture is talking about. I know, I am Especially during funerals, people use this. Man is appointed to die once after a judgment. Okay, that is not true. That's not what this scripture is saying. And as is this, and as they appointed unto many ones to die, but after this the judgment. So, all right. So the communication is not about man dying once and after judgment is taking that scenario to preach something so he says so christ was once offered to bear the sins of me all my sins were on jesus and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation so when jesus comes again he is not coming to deal with sin he is not coming to pay for sin he is coming for his righteous ones when you believe in Jesus Christ, you were sanctified. What does that mean? You will forgive Listen, until you understand this, you will not understand righteousness. And I'm going to come to righteousness in our next video. And I think we're going to end the series. I'm going to have another series. But listen, until you understand your forgiveness, you will not understand your righteousness. Because righteousness is a right standing with God. Without the feeling of inferiority or guilt. So, listen. what we're, we're, we're in chapter ten, right? Let's just let me not run ahead of myself. Where did we get to? Can you tell me where we got to? Okay. So, verse fourteen: For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. Ooh. Listen, this is me. He says, the Holy Ghost is a witness to us. Wow. The Holy Ghost is a witness to us. (laughs) What what has the Holy Ghost witness? He witnessed to us that we have been sanctified once for all times. Witness to us. For after that, he said before, he had said before. This is the covenant that I will make with with them after those days he the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins, listen, and their sins, and their sins, and their sins, and their sins, and their iniquities, I will remember no more. I will remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Do you know that God is not counting any sin against you, man of God. What are you saying? I'm saying what you're hearing. God does not count your sin against you, and this is the, this is the, this is what makes the gospel the gospel. I I, I said in one of our videos that, listen, the gospel is not scared of your sin. The gospel can pick a prostitute and make a prophetess out of him, out of her. The gospel can pick an armed robber. And make a pastor out of it. So listen, when you believe in Christ, when a man believes, this is what Christianity preaches. When a man believes in Christ, he is forgiven. Once for all times, he doesn't have to, you know, that the, the lot of doctrine that is built around the confession of sins. Alright? Uh the Bible says in uh 1 John chapter number 1, verse 9. So people are about to begin a service and they'll say, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all righteousness. And then everybody's preaching. Amazing. There's a rule there's a, there's a in the Bible. It says, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. This is the only scripture in the New Testament until God said from head to two. Alright? That brings out that thing. And it's amazing because of the sin-consciousness of Christians. If we confess our just one, one scripture, there is a huge doctrine that is built upon us. Look at the how many scriptures that we have read that our sins have been forgiven. People will not understand that. And at the end of the day, there's no way in the New Testament where we are told to ask for forgiveness of sins, no, not even a scripture, see by what you just read he says if we confess our sins if we ask because that would be a contradiction to the word of god the word of god says that jesus gives forgiveness and we have been giving forgiveness how do you ask for something which you have been forgiven my lord so what happens when a christian sins when a christian sins first thing he must the bible talks about godly sorrow all right we have the nature of god and the nature of God does not condone sin. So when you do something wrong, natural, your nature will let you know that what you did was wrong. But what the, the, the step that the Holy Ghost takes is to bring you to the place of acknowledging that you in Christ have a hope of forgiveness. See, because when you read the next chapter, chapter 2, verse 1, The Bible says, my little children, these things write out unto you that you see not. But if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. That's verse 2. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for us alone, but for the sins of the whole. He is the ransom. He is the payment for our sins. You don't confess sins just to be forgiven. Because it's not conditional. No. He says he's the propitiation; He's an advocate. So if you, know, you know God's best friends? Rise up and understand. Believing in Jesus brings to you forgiveness as a gift. Now, so if you're hearing me or if you're watching me, and then you have condemned yourself, the devil has been beating you with your past. The Bible says, for there is therefore now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. There is no condemnation in Christ for okay? you. God is not counting your sins against you. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19 says, the way that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not counting the trespass of men unto them. God is not in the business of counting your sins against you. He's in the business of forgiving sins. So this is what Christianity preaches. As we conclude this, this is what Christianity preaches. Believing in Jesus Christ brings you forgiveness. That which no prophet could give. So he says that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins.
1: Alright? And by him you are justified from all things
0: which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So, nobody could grant this kind of forgiveness except Christ Jesus. Why wouldn't you believe in Jesus? Why wouldn't you, why, why wouldn't you give your mind to Jesus? Why wouldn't you do that? And I'll bring you this word of God, that in Jesus, there is forgiveness. You may have killed, you may have murdered, you may have committed abortion, you may have all kinds of sins, whatever sin that you think you have committed, if you can turn your heart to Jesus this day, you will receive remission, you will receive emphasis, you will receive forgiveness in his name, in his name. And he does not just free you from sins, forgiveness frees you from the consciousness of sin. This is where time will will permit us to, to, to end. You understand? But remember that in Christ, there is the forgiveness. The concept of Christianity brings forgiveness to man. Forgiveness to man. That which a man would have to work himself, would have to go for bulls, for this and for that and for this and for that. In Christ Jesus, forgiveness is brought to us
1: on or in the gospel when we believe. A man believes in Jesus and he is totally, absolutely forgiven of every sin. Now, God bless you so much for watching this video. And we trust that you have been blessed. You can go back and watch over
0: and over again until you understand. If you have any question, you can write it under the comment section and you'll be answered. Now let me pray with you. If you don't believe in Jesus or if you don't know Jesus, let me pray with you. Now say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, this day, having heard your word, I confess you are Lord. I believe with my heart that God raised you from the dead. Through your name salvation is given. I therefore mention your name. I accept you, Savior. Thank you, Father. I will worship you and I will walk with you. Thank you and I bless you for giving me the Holy Ghost and making me free from sin. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah.